Welcome to Songs and Stories, the Not For Musicians Only music podcast. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories episode number 50. Yep, number 50. Kind of a milestone. You know, when I started doing these a couple of years ago, I had no idea that I'd get this far with this thing, and it's been a lot of fun, and there, there's no stopping it now, so I'm going to keep doing it. And for those of you that have been following this since the inception, you'll recall that this really started out as a sort of an audio way to kind of document my first CD, you know, some of the songs I was working on, and and it became a look behind the stories of my own songs. And then, I don't know, a few episodes in, I started interviewing other songwriters, and it's really become an interview series. And I keep promising to get back to looking at my own songs, but I keep talking to people, building up this queue of all these wonderful interviews. So we'll get back to the stories behind the songs soon, especially with my new CD, Dogspeed, being out. It's a good time to do it. And speaking of dogs, if you've been following my website at michaelgaither.com or my music at all, you'll know there's a strong dog thread running through things here at the house. And uh, as we speak, my, my wife and I are fostering a little German Shepherd mixed puppy named Eve because we got her on Christmas Eve. She's currently at my feet. Uh, we're trying to find a home for her for Animal Friends Rescue Project. And she's chewing at my mic cord. So um, picture that, and this explains why I'm going to keep my talking mercifully short during this particular podcast. Uh, if you want to learn more about Eve, you can go to my Facebook page at Michael Gaither. Just search for me, and you'll see all these wonderful little puppy pics of this puppy. It's up for adoption. Anyway, let's get back to the today's show. We're going to be talking to somebody who sort of epitomizes the independent artist, which makes her a very good topic for episode number 50. We'll be talking with Texas singer-songwriter Terry Hendricks. Now, Terry's been doing this since, I believe, about 1996. She has nine completely independent self-released CDs out uh, and a few bootlegs that she'll talk about. She runs a, uh, a workshop retreat for songwriters every November at her place in Texas. She's currently working on opening sort of an artist colony studio in Texas as well, all on her own completely. And besides all that, of course, she's a wonderful singer, songwriter, great entertainer. If she ever comes to your town, besides just putting on a good show, she's a great example of how a semi-solo singer-songwriter can really carry off a wonderful evening of entertainment. She tends to tour with her producer, um, Lloyd Maines, who's also a multi-instrumentalist, and they played recently at Don Quixote's Music Hall here in Santa Cruz. And it's funny because I see a lot of shows every year, and it tends to be these little intimate shows that really stick with me. And the show with Terry and Lloyd really was one of my favorites of last year. And you're going to hear a little more about that show after the interview portion of of this episode of Songs and Stories, so stick around. So for you new folks listening to the show, this is kind of how it works. Besides the interview, there are links to go with what we're talking about on my website at michaelgaither.com. You just go to www.michaelgaither.com. Look for the links for Songs and Stories, episode number 50, and there'll be some links back to uh, Terry Hendrick's website, her tour dates, uh, probably Lloyd Main site as well, and um, you can learn a little bit about both of them, actually, while we're talking with Terry. First of all, let's hear a couple of things off her latest CD. Again, her latest release is called The Spiritual Kind. 
Let's hear a little bit of, oh, let's see, Life's a Song, which happens to be the title of her annual workshops, which you'll hear about in a little bit. And then we'll hear a little bit of the title track, The Spiritual Kind, and then we'll talk with Terry Hendricks at Don Quixote's Music Hall in Felton, California. Lately I've been counting up all my days, good and bad. I found that joy is more than double all the trouble I've had. From now on, I'm not gonna worry about what might be. I know I'm part of something a whole lot bigger than me. Life's a song, we're all singing. Life's a song that never ends. We pass it on. And it starts all over again He's always been a guide for the spiritual 
Okay. For people that don't know you, talk about leaving, um, you had an opera scholarship mm -hmm. and you left and you ended up working on a goat farm under somebody who was kind of mentoring you musically. Yeah, um, I was going to school at Hardin-Simmons University in Abilene mm -hmm. and I really liked music school but it was very much, uh, you know, the, if you, when you study classical music it's kind of like going to the Olympics. If you really like to run off trails, mm -hmm. then you really shouldn't try to compete on the track if you okay. really want to be in the field. And so I had a hard time staying within the parameter of the classical realm, although it was fantastic training. Yeah. I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. So I transferred to San Marcos and then mm -hmm. just delved into the singer-songwriter scene there and eventually dropped out of school to, to do music. Mm -hmm. Never really looked back, and now here I am, 2008. It's, it's been 18 years. Wow. And nine albums. Is it the tenth on the way? It's been something like that. Nine real ones, uh -huh. three bootlegs. Okay, that's pretty <laughs> common too. I interviewed. Um, you ever cross paths with Patrice Pike? I do. She's wonderful. But I, Fantastic. she she went to um, I forget the school, but she had a scholarship, and she mm -hmm. wanted to study jazz, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let her, so she quit and started playing music in bands and hasn't looked. Uh, the same thing. So yeah. I, I never looked back. I just started right. playing music. Right. Yeah. Because it is about the, the song. It's about where your heart wants to go with the song. Right. You know, I used to, I think everything, there's something about getting older where things just click into place, uh -huh. where you realize, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's about the music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine asked me, uh, who, a guy who's a really good friend of mine named Tom, who is trying to just get comfortable singing in front of other people. Mm -hmm. And Tom goes, he was asking me, he said, you know, are you sorry that you didn't start playing music a lot sooner, that you, you would have really been? I go, you know, I think about that, but then I wouldn't have the same story. So i, I got to mm -hmm. say no. Right. You know, so you start when you start. That's exactly right. And also, you know, I started in 1990, uh -huh. but I was still a beginner in 1996. Uh -huh. You know, I'm one of these people, I'm, I'm, I'm something of a slow learner. I don't know if and I was like that in school. And uh -huh. I say that not to be self-deprecating, but it's true. I mean, it takes me a while to learn music. It takes me a while uh -huh. to... Uh, for things to cohesively come together. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm 40, and I feel like I'm just now uh, clicking in the gear. Mm. Sometimes I see a fully, a fully actualized, or f you know, uh, a beautiful soul on TV at the age of 19 that just mm -hmm. is effervescent and fantastic, and they have all their chops. Yeah. And I, it's just amazing to see a fine wine at such a young age. But yeah. I wasn't one of those. Right, right, right. You Same know. Here. So and, I'm still and figuring it out. Yeah. Exactly, and I, and I am too, and I, I enjoy that about it. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, kind of stumbling through is kind of half the fun. It's, I think it it's like, like like the Mule song I mentioned earlier. That that wrote itself, and it was really quick. But then you get a song. There's a, there's a dog song on the, on the new CD that I'm working on about Roselle, the guide dog. Have you heard this story? Mm -mm. So I'll keep it short. 9-11, um, she was in one of the towers with her owner. Oh. And, um, and my wife and I also raised guide dogs, so I, I saw oh. the story and I grabbed right to it. She, when, the, when, the, when the planes hit, she, she stood up and got her owner, Mike, Mike Hinson, and they walked down the stairs and walked mm -hmm. out. That's the whole story, but... I, I read I heard I read that story and I thought I gotta write about this. It's a wonderful it's a it's a dog story and it's a great story that came out of nine eleven. And I wrote it and it was too long and it had a bridge and, and it I spent like over a year on this, this dumb little folk song about a dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I finally got it done I thought 
It's a folk song. Just put it in G and just make it three. And it's you know, but it took a, some things take a long time. They do. Even something they really do. simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It just takes work on it. Then you get it done. You go, okay, this it's done. It's good. It's done. I finished it. I finished it. <laughs> so I was going to ask you too. Um, for me, I'm, I'm finishing up my second CD, and for me, the first one was learning. Okay, what's ASCAP? How do I register mm-hmm. these songs? Um, this is what recordings like. This is what working with a producer who's very helpful, but kind of has his own opinions too. What are you What are you still learning by the ninth CD? Oh man, the record. Or... Learning what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it's what's interesting these days is, um, it's in the old days, I would we would be in the studio yeah. and I would we would finish. Mm-hmm. I'll get close to it. Mm-hmm. And I would take a mix and I'd listen to a car. Mm-hmm. I'd go home and listen to it on my stereo. Yeah. I'd listen to it on my boombox. Right. And I'd, different speakers, I'd, yeah. different, different, different environments. Right. And hear how things are EQ'd. Mm-hmm. And what I really realized is how many people are listening to music on their iPods, which tends to really squash the frequencies. Yeah. So yeah. It's, har- it's harder to to really get your the levels right. Yeah. Shaker. A, can sound like a sprinkler uh-huh. if you don't EQ it right, especially yeah. if you think about it with an, with headphones on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, and also still uh, realizing um, realizing who I am and what I'm doing and what I want to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and still realizing how many wonderful artists there are out there it's to listen to. Yeah. That it's humbling and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people can make a CD these days and release it on their website. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those that thinks that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if your first CD, if you're brand new at this, your first CD is it going to sound like a million bucks? Chances are maybe not. But at least you did it. Mm-hmm. It's you know a sense of accomplishment to finish. Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. I welcome all the 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 how earthy things have become with our music. I keep thinking about, um, I mean, there are literally, you know, probably like, if not hundreds, tens of thousands of people with their own CD, and it's up on MySpace and mm-hmm. Facebook, and, and I'm thinking, okay, here I am just adding to the noise, but it's what I do, you know, it's people. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, adding to the, you're adding to the world. Yeah. You know, there's a great Woody Guthrie quote that if every politician knew how to play some folk songs. That's we'd have your, less I read that in your liner notes. Yeah. Was, yeah. Since the music's playing, can we go in that room and talk? Sure. Because I know how this picks up everything. I think when the internet was kind of coming into play, so people mm-hmm. were discovering MySpace and posting. What I was going to ask was, um, do you have a lot of interaction with your fans via the web, mailing list, MySpace, Facebook? Has that helped you? You know, I'm pretty old school. Mm-hmm. When I started doing it, um, I had... Uh, Borrowed three thousand dollars to make my first record in '96, mm-hmm. and I sent the record out to different labels, and mm-hmm. I got rejected. So I put it out myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember before my CD release party being at Green Hall and putting the artwork together mm-hmm. for the record, and the people that had loaned me the money they were helping me put the CDs mm-hmm. together. And uh, then I had my mailing list going, yeah. and, and it was because of the mailing list that I was able to pay my my friends back. I made around $20,000 by the end of the summer. Right. Was that constant touring? No, I was not touring. I was only playing San Antonio Mm -hmm. and New Braunfels. I couldn't play Austin because my philosophy was I'm not going to play Austin because they don't pay me. I can play San Antonio and make $250. Uh And I had my own PA. Right. So I could play San Antonio 
uh, I could play, you know, in the afternoon in New Braunfels and go play the evening in San Antonio, mm-hmm. make 600 By the time I'm done selling CDs, push that up to eight mm-hmm. and do that pretty much every night of the week. Wow. You know, I had residencies. Uh-huh. But so from 90, from 96 to 90, uh, well, really 93, then the CD came out in 96, mm-hmm. which really helped. So by the time it was time to sign with the label, I couldn't sign with the label because I was already making more money than they were going to give me. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Want, I just felt like that was stupid. What was the point at that point? Yeah. So. Um, and you've always been independent, correct? Right. Yeah. Never. And and I didn't. It, before my MySpace and Facebook, I really like people. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy. Yeah. It's not so much selling the CDs. It's just that I like to hear the stories. I mean, yeah. What made you come out tonight to hear somebody you never knew? You don't mm-hmm. know. What made you get out of your house? Uh, you know, the stories you hear about mm-hmm. people getting over things. Or, you know, they're. It, I don't know. I find it so inspiring. So it's like um, for me interviewing interviewing songwriters. I give people stories, and the same with people that come to listen to your music. It's the same thing. You know, right. What are you doing here? And did you enjoy it? And what did you, right. Yeah. And uh, so MySpace and Facebook are more annoying to me mm-hmm. because it's I have to pay someone yeah. to help. I would rather be giving that money to charity or I have to pay <laughs> yeah. someone to, to upkeep MySpace and Facebook, which to me is. A superficial world of friends, mm-hmm. of which many I don't know. Right. You know, I want to see people at a show, and we shake hands. Yeah. You know, and you want to you want to sign up on my mailing list, and you know, and I'm all. You can physically you can physically hand it mm-hmm. to them and talk about I'm it. Not really into a, a cyber friendships. Yeah. You know, but I am a down an avid music fan, so I've down I download a lot of music. Mm-hmm. I still buy it. I'm not against the internet, but when it comes to mailing lists, I really like the physical mm-hmm. of it rather than the MySpace mm-hmm. Facebook. So. Yeah. I know the funny thing about MySpace is I, I have it kind of set up where I don't really even have to touch it because there's a, a site called Reverb Nation where I post you know, shows and what I'm doing, and that just like spits into MySpace and Facebook. I don't even have to go there, but it looks like I'm active. But mm-hmm. well, I'll check MySpace every couple of weeks, and I'll get all these you know ad quote-unquote friend requests mm-hmm. from other bands, and I'm like, Ever. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I don't. I don't really. Maybe it's my demographic because I'm 45, mm-hmm. or I. You know, it's. I know. I think it's it's, I'm odd. the same way. I yeah. know. I think it's odd too. Yeah. Maybe I, the jury's out. And actually, the one reason I go to MySpace is because it's the only place that my 13-year-old niece will answer my email. Mm-hmm. You know, how you doing, Reggie? Oh, Uncle Mike. You know, oh, you know. she thinks you're cool because yeah. you have a MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the workshops you do every every okay. year too. Um, Ooh, like you. And the food, too. Okay. The Life's a Workshop Retreat. Uh-huh. How, when do those take place, and kind of what, what are the, what are they, what are, what are, what are they, what are they? Well, it's a place where people come that, um, it's all over the map. I mean, uh, I, people can't, if they're really, really fantastic, like they're way, you know, there's been people that have said, hey, I really want to come to the workshop, and I'm like, you know, if, if they're finger-picking, like, Travis Pickin and mm-hmm. they're right like Towns Van Zandt or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they're really touring all over the place, it's yeah. that's this isn't a workshop for those type of people. It's a workshop for people that um are stuck with their songwriting. Okay. Maybe they uh they just need a retreat to get around other people and get comfortable in their skin with their art. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't judge or critique. Um, people come and test out new songs. And it's become this group of friends that just mm-hmm. kind of make this pilgrimage every year. That sounds and, great. When oh, is it's it, really when fun. Is it 
uh, November. Okay. Back to back weekends, and it's a whole lot of fun, and it's um, just mainly listening to people, and and um, I have a book called The Part That Ain't Art about, you know, just. I've been I love on that. It for a while. I love that title. And it's about music business. Is it a published book, or is it a book that's no? Not it's a book that will be. But I've, yeah. I've, after doing this for so many years, uh-huh. it's the same questions that, that get asked, and also different things about um, mixing and mastering. Mm-hmm. And do you need a um, a glass master? And mm-hmm. you know what is an ISRC code or ICRS, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. And you know what I mean. All those different questions. Things that you've learned doing this for 12, 16 right, years. Right. So that's. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. But we, we spend equal time. Then Lloyd gets people in the recording end. We do oh, it at nice. a studio, so people okay. record some songs. Mm-hmm. And he gives them pointers on that and go over what things should cost so people don't get ripped off. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hmm. I love the idea of the, 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 the title, the part that I not really mm-hmm. intrigued me. I think <laughs> I was reading some blurb that talked about juggling a day job with music and mm-hmm. which is a which for people like me it's like how do you how do you but it's a big juggle but it can be done yeah and it makes it just because you have a day job doesn't make it any less valid your art and just because you're an artist without a day job doesn't make you more valid than those yeah, that's, that that's been a really common question yeah. of i hate of, that bumper sticker if i see that bumper sticker i don't want to meet the person who have a the day job yeah i don't like that i know well a, fr- the, the, a friend of mine um in San Jose, she was talking a while back, and she, her and her husband host house concerts, and she was talking about, I almost feel guilty because I'm, I'm, I'm working with these people that are on the road and they're touring full time and they're having a hard time making it because of because of gas prices and getting. I almost feel like I shouldn't be, you know, doing doing my songwriting because I have a, a good paying corporate job, mm-hmm. and I went, huh? Mm-hmm. And and my take on it is really having at least for where I'm at now. Having the day job, you know, kind of frees me up where I don't have to depend on the, right. the music, you know. And I still can, I still pursue it as much as I can. But mm-hmm. if I was depending on what I'm doing now, I would really be nervous about it. Especially in your area. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're um, through the roof. You have to look at <laughs> that you have to eat yeah. and have a future. And then around here, this is this is a great place to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I've discovered the last two and a half or so years. There are a lot of great restaurants that will allow you to play for a meal, and that's mm-hmm. about it. It's yeah. like, what else, you know? Right. You know. So. Good. Um, so, are you working on a new CD? You know, I have a bunch of different projects right now, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure where they're going. But um, a retrospective record, and um, some jazz, and a little bit of this, a little mm-hmm. bit of that. So yeah. it's all coming together. Is jazz new to you? Because your closing track on the new CD is a jazz piece. Mm. I hope you don't mind me eating. Hello, podcast listeners. <laughs> the key to me playing music is a full belly. I live by it. So as I smack my food, you have to excuse me. This way the whole thing is genuine. Mm-hmm. It's authentic. Okay. I love jazz. I have everything Ella Fitzgerald ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Sarah Vaughan, Anita O'Day. Mm-hmm. Love jazz, and we do quite a bit in our show. Mm-hmm. Not always the same mm-hmm. night, but it's I love it. And our most shows you and Lloyd, mm-hmm. at least out here. That's yeah. economics dictate that, right? And also, there was a time when I thought it would be fun to travel with a band, but you know, they're just trying to, you know, herd people is you know and if you get a good side person you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want and it's, exactly. it's, it's you know it's and I know with all these solo things and band things and when you're 
by yourself or just with one person, you can, hey, let's play this. When mm-hmm. and there's, If you have a whole band and there's songs that aren't really band ready, mm-hmm. you can't play them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't tell the bass player, hang out for this one. Just, mm-hmm. It doesn't work. I also think it's important, though, to keep up the solo chops. And I, I fell down on that mm-hmm. and didn't. And consequently, uh, I felt like there was about a couple of years there where musically things kind of suffered. Then I woodshedded mm-hmm. it to, to where I caught back up to speed. Yeah. It really got hard for a while there running a record label because it really became like, even though I was the only artist on it, it became mm-hmm. pretty intense. That was before downloading. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, because I had the fan base going for so long, the mailing list. Right. And there was almost like this eclipse around 2003. We had, we maybe 6,000. Six I have that same watch. Do you? <laughs> yeah, it's a great anyway, watch. It's a great watch. Anyway. We had about 6,000 pre-orders. Uh-huh. For, and oh, good for you. Yeah. I wasn't prepared to do the mail-out on that. Oh. And then, you know, and that's 6,000 envelopes. That's 6,000 stuffings. That's 6,000. That's not just one record. It was a bunch of different things. Yeah. It threw everything. It was a... Absolutely crazy, yeah. really hard, and and that was just when we were starting to tour, and mm-hmm. it was a really hard. I, I felt like. And do you have people working under you, or is it pretty much you and? Uh, it's a, me and yeah. a team of people okay. all working together. You have to be. Uh huh. But pretty soon it'll. We're gonna. I'm gonna buy a building in San Marcos and make an art center. Oh, and so nice. that we're all gonna do that. Mm-hmm. So even though it's me, it's not just me. There's a yeah. bunch yeah. of people. Work. We all have a purpose, and mm-hmm. that's music. So. That's wonderful. Well, I know you're, you're trying to eat, so being that you are working on your 10th CD or 10th project, any advice to somebody who has maybe half a CD done or they've got the MySpace page, what would you tell them? I would say finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you have half a CD done, that's a good EP. Just if you're running out of money, but you like what you have, it's, it's in a state of flux right now. CDs are going to be obsolete. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend don't spend a lot of money on the artwork. Spiritual Kind is $1.75 per record. Really? Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I knew that was going to probably be my last CD that I really did. Like in a, in a case? Absolutely. So I, I went for the Digipack. I, I commissioned an They're artist nice. yeah. to, paint the, the, to paint a painting for me. You know, I wanted, I wanted my last CD to be, you know. It's a great I'm, package. I'm going to keep doing records, don't. You know, mm-hmm. but but I really feel like from here on out my packaging is going to be so minimalistic. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm also done. Um, done a, a lot of things are changing. I mean, now is the time for the independent artist to to really grab hold of the earth and and grab grab in and take hold and sing because anything goes right now. Mm-hmm. If you have half a CD done and, and you don't have the wherewithal to finish it, well then just put that out that half CD. Mm-hmm. Just make sure it's in tune and in time. Yeah. You know, play with, make sure you play with a click track or if it's not a click track, make sure you have fantastic time because you only have one chance to make a good impression. So even if it's just going to be an EP, make sure that it's your very best effort so that you're not embarrassed three years from now. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's a, you'll have room to grow but mm-hmm. it, be able to look your mother in the eye, your dad in the eye, and say, "Man, this is." I did this. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, recently an artist, I know uh, this guy, really great writer, great, great guy. He he just kind of rushed through the project, and mm-hmm. it's out of time, out of tune. And the songs are great, but I know nobody's going to pay it any heed because it's yeah. just so slipshod. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, those are the things that are important. 
do it and finish it. Do it and finish it, but make sure that it's, make sure that it's in tune and in time. It's a good title for the podcast. <laughs> well, good talking to you. Hey, likewise, Michael. And thank you listeners for listening. I think that uh, in tune and in time is also a great life metaphor, too. So that's Texas singer-songwriter Terry Hendricks with some advice for new folks who haven't had their first CD finished yet, as well as some reflections on what she's been doing. And uh, I liked her, her attitude towards Facebook and MySpace. If you start doing independent music and songwriting and you get your things up on the, the Facebook and the Bebo and the MySpace sites, you'll find a lot of advice about you got to be in MySpace seven hours a day and you got to be on Facebook. And I think all that stuff is important, um, but I think at least from what I've gone through, you can really spend a lot more time on the marketing side of things than the art side of things. And I got to agree with Terry that meeting people at a show and shaking their hand and putting a name with the face and asking why they came and getting their stories really makes a connection. And I think that's really a lot more fun than virtual friends, which can also be valuable and fun too. I've got I've found a lot of people across the world that have discovered my music because they found it online and we've had email conversations. So I think, I think they're both valid. But I, I think it's really easy to get away from real connections and just rely on the MySpace and Facebook things. And I think Terry's point's good that you really need to make connections with people. So there you go. But we're not quite done with Terry Hendricks. Um, like I said earlier, the night that I saw her at Don Quixote's, she played with Lloyd Maines. And I've played there a couple of times myself with our band, and it's a great place. But there were sound problems that night. Um, just something was there was some ghost in the machine that just wasn't cooperating so during her second set she finally said you know the sound guy is trying his best something's wrong I'm, I'm going to stop bothering him and we're just going to play the rest of the set unplugged and they unplugged their instruments and the crowd all went oh, and she went I think the quote was she goes my mama didn't raise no sissy so they walked to the front of the stage and finished their, their set you know unplugged acoustic I had my recorder with me from the interview, so I recorded the last chunk of her set, and I got her okay to put a couple of things in the in the podcast here at the end. What I want you to hear is one of my favorite songs off her CD called The Ring. This is called A Prayer for My Friend. She sang it as kind of a sing-along to close the show. So we're going to hear that. Um, once again, as I always say, thank you for listening to Songs and Stories. This has been episode number 50. And I really appreciate everybody downloading, listening, giving me feedback. If you have any comments about this podcast particular episode, you can email me, michael at michaelgaither.com. And again, the website is www.michaelgaither.com. So here's a little bit more from Terry and, and Lloyd. Again, this is called A Song for My Friends. It's off the ring. Thanks again for listening to Songs and Stories, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.
but I love them no less. I'm hoping their sorrows you'll mend tonight. I pray for my friends. Now, what I would inquire is when I ask to sing along these young neighbors, just go watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> May your peace. <laughs> May your peace be an anchor in stormy times. May your heart know the face of mercy has smiled. May your faith come to let you believe like a child. This is my prayer for you. May your soul grow deep. May your joy run wild. May your heart know the face of mercy has smiled. May your faith come to let you believe, love, child. This is my prayer for you. I'm taking a moment to pray for my friends. A handful of people I'm true by the bend. Our pathways are different, but I love them no less. I'm hoping their sorrows will mend. Tonight, I pray for my friends. When I don't know the answers, I search for the truth. And I hope that my judgment will carry me through. I'm so grateful for the people I have in my life. They help me to do what is right. Taking a moment to pray for my friends, a handful of people. I wouldn't mind again. I've got a way to but I love them no less. I'm hoping their sorrows will mend. Tonight, I pray for my friends. Well, there are people I've loved that I've lost along the way. We drifted apart, or they didn't come away. Oh